and welcome to Cruising for a Reviewsin, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined by Frank Bleeker. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Uh, just a little bit of context. Uh, it's been a little while since I've released an episode because COVID basically kept fucking things up for me in terms of the person I originally had slated to do this episode and it just wasn't working out. And luckily for me, Frank stepped up and was like, hell yeah, I haven't seen this movie. I will do it. And I'm sorry <laughs> that you had to do this movie, I guess, because it's a weird one. I don't know. I had a pr- I had a pretty fun time. This is kind of like my wheelhouse of just like uncomfortable, very strangely put together films. Like <laughs> I, I loved it. It was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but in a very I, yeah, weird I way. I don't hate this movie mm. as much as I think I should. Which is weird. Like I, I watch it and I enjoy it and I'm like, that was terrible, but I'm having a good time. So yeah. compared to like some other movies that people love of Tom Cruise's that I don't enjoy as much as I maybe should. Anyway, the movie is called Losing It. It is from 1983 and it's directed by Curtis Hansen. And if you have never heard of this movie, that's fine. I don't think anyone has. <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until I became obsessed with Tom Cruise and I had to, you know, search through his entire filmography. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it was very hard to find. I did manage to find a DVD of it, which will not play on anything, any of my <laughs> machines. So I <laughs> illegally downloaded it is, I guess. It's not even like a bad enough movie that you can be like, the DVD was trying to protect me. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's being lost to time because it's just not it's mid. Hasn't got anything in it mm. that, you know, nothing super Tom Cruise that you like. Well, the movie sucks, but Tom Cruise was really really good in it because even though he's the top build and it's just as he's getting really famous, it's not a very Tom Cruise movie at all. No, it's not. I will actually like as I I said before we started recording, I didn't look up like any trivia at all about it. I wanted it to go in just like completely raw. And I honestly like the vibe of it I was like is this his first ever movie because he just seemed like such a baby and it just wasn't cruisy <laughs> mm. it, it might as well have been mm. it was like it's the third movie that came out his first one he was in for like 30 40 seconds and then he was in taps which was actually a pretty big role mm. for someone who's barely acted and then I think this was filmed around the same time as the outsiders which he was just kind of a side character so this may as well have been his first or second film like, yeah right it's very new and he's such a baby. He's so young. He's so pretty and young and Little like smooth skin and Yeah, and there's something about the um filters that they used in the 80s where like just the film makes everyone look so smooth and perfect all the time. This is why we I think we should bring back film cameras. Just so yes. we all look great all the time, but he just looks like a painted little angel. Like he's got the perfect amount of blush on his cheeks. And yeah, he was too pretty. It was very distracting. My notes are mostly me every like couple of sentences being like, wow, Tom's really pretty in this movie. What's going on? (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll get into the cast of this movie. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not great at remembering character names, but I usually give it an effort. This one, I didn't care enough. Like the character names are David, Spider, Woody and Wendell are the main characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's too confusing. So what I'm going to call them as we review this movie is Hat, 
which is David. Yep. Jock, which is Spider. Perfect. Tom, which is Woody, which is Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And Kid, who is Wendell. Yep. Because that's their, <laughs> that's them summed up perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and that is actually their personalities, like completely nailed. Yeah. Like, Hat, Jock, Tom and Kid. Yep. Completely. <laughs> so, yeah, Woody is Tom Cruise. There is Dave, Hat, who is played by Jackie Earl Haley, which you might know him from, uh, what's that movie called? Night, uh, forgotten the name of it. Watchmen, that's it. Ooh. I mean, he's in a lot of things, but God, I've mostly that's what I him. know his creepy little face from. Yes. From, as Rorsage yes. from Watchmen. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> then there's Jock, whose real name is Spider, who is John Stockwell. He's got a really familiar face, but only thing I really know him from is Top Gun. Uh, he's uh, another fighter pilot. And Christine, because I watched that quite recently. Um, oh, no, wait. he's in. Is he in Into the Blue? Is he? No, that's Paul Walker. Two surf movies? Oh, no, he directed oh, yeah, two he surf movies. Okay. Oh. All right, that's a vibe. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then there is Wendell, who's also called Wimp, but I'm just going to call him Kid because I think Wimp is unfairly cruel on this probably one of the the most rounded out characters and the less dead shit, even though he was the youngest kid. Yeah, of he, the of he, the four, he definitely is the the goodest person in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and so much smarter. Uh, the other main character is Kathy, who is played by Shelley Long, who I recognize immediately because my husband has been watching nonstop Cheers for like six months. So yeah, that's all I can think about is her character in Cheers. And also she is Mrs. Brady in the Brady, original Brady Bunch. God, yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I know I know this woman's face, but I don't know what it's from. But no, <sighs> that makes so much Carol sense. Brady, baby. Yes. Only other character trait you really need to know that you don't get from the uh, nicknames that I've given them is that Hat and Kid are brothers. That sums up their relationship perfectly. All right, let's just start talking about this movie, shall we? It starts off in a classic 80s fashion with a montage. Oh, yeah. And it's all of the boys getting ready for school. To the worst song ever. (laughs) Just like they didn't, the budget for the music in this movie, the the budget of this movie can't have been great, but like that, that song is just, it's like a paint by numbers. I hate school song. (laughs) Was it the lose losing it song? I don't know. Actually. I I mean, I literally have just watched this movie, but it was one of those songs where it was like a fully grown adult man singing about getting up and getting ready for school. And it's like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why have you written this piece of music? Who's this for? You know, <laughs> they wrote that fifteen minutes before they needed it for oh. this movie. Like, yeah. like the movie's called Losing It. It's about boys who need to lose their virginity, see what you can do. And he's like, Hell yeah, I can whip something out, no problem. Yeah, no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> the montage includes great things like uh, stuffing one's jocks with a sock, mm. stealing cash from parents who are asleep putting on a trilby hat, hence the name hat, etc. So, you know, classic 80s. And my favourite bit about putting on that hat is then making a little, like, finger guns, eye wink and a tip of the hat at a record of Frank Sinatra, like, glued to the wall. Really just trying to channel Frank Sinatra as a teen in the 80s. Like, the coolest guy who's ever been cool, right? <laughs> well, did you see... Did you work out when this movie was set? No. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's it actually not set, set in the. <laughs> oh my it's set god! Set in 1965. <laughs> oh, 
That explains uh, halfway through the movie, I was like, every single car in this movie is so horny. Like I've been completely <laughs> distracted by how fantastic every vehicle was, but like, of course, it's from back when cars were cool. That makes so much more sense. It's one of those ones where what's the term? Zeitgeist, where mm. it's kind of like dirty dancing, where that's set in the sixties. You only realize and you're like, why are all these cars from the sixties? And you're like, wait a minute, is this set in the sixties? When you think about it, it's kind of wild because the film is set only. 17 years earlier like there was already that much nostalgia for the 60s in the early 80s Mm. which is wild to me like what's 17 years ago from us that's like 2005 oh god oh god oh god (laughs) i remember the cars we drove in 2005 (laughs) yeah they were so good (laughs) they had so much style yeah Uh, yeah, so you're forgiven for not realising that because it's not very well done. It's not obvious. It's only that they have cars that were only, it was like he had like a 57 Chevy. So it's the car's only like six years old. So, you yeah, know. That explains why they were all talking about how expensive all the cars were. Because I was like, surely that's a really old car. Wouldn't it be in yeah. that like bomb period of time? But no. See, that makes a lot more sense. This is why I should look up movies before I watch them. <laughs> Actually, doesn't matter because there's a couple of parts where you see modern cars in the background. So it's not like they tried that hard to convince you that it's the 60s. Oh, I don't think they tried very hard in anything in this <laughs> The only note I have for the opening scene is just this opening montage is so much. Like it was just an intro to everything. Like there was the like petty teen theft. There was a bit of like sibling backhanded sort of behavior between the brothers. And there was like the football scene and the intro to the school. And it was like a whole movie in like the length of the world's worst song. (laughs) Yes, it was. And that's why it seems like it was an 80s movie. Yeah. Because that's a classic 80s movie behavior based on like the few Tom Cruise movies set around this time. That's how they all kind of start. I like the bit where they're, so they're, they're planning to go to Tijuana to lose their virginity and like, I don't know, run amok. So when they're in their first class of the day, they're all like looking at each other, just giving each other like really big thumbs ups. Like Tom Cruise's thumbs ups, like the biggest thing. <laughs> We're doing it right now. God, I just, oh, yeah. it was so funny. It was such a weird, <laughs> drawn out, awkward thumbs up with a really long sort of shot on each person's face as they were like, yes, thumbs up. We're going to Tijuana. And then there was this other kid, this extra boy who was like, thumbs down, you know, I can't go. My parents grounded me. And there's this bit where they're like, oh, I can't believe you told your parents. Nothing comes of that piece of dialogue. Like their parents don't try and stop them from going to Tijuana. (laughs) Their parents don't show up trying to rescue them at any point. There's just this like kind of weird bit where there's a fourth friend who we don't know anything about and we'll never see again. (laughs) It's just to set up why they take the younger brother because they need the $95, which $95, I didn't bother looking it up. I assume $95 is like $2,000 in 60s money. Like I don't think I'm exaggerating. (laughs) My third note on this piece of paper is, How much is a dollar worth? I cannot comprehend this economy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you go by early 80s, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a lot, but it's reasonable. In 60s money, I feel like that's thousands of dollars. I don't even know. $95. I'm pretty sure you 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 filled up your tank of petrol for like a nickel or something back then. So it seems like a lot. So, yeah, I think that's, that's just to set up. Um, that it's a reason why the kid is allowed to come. But also to set up that Hat is a giant piece of shit because he just keeps kicking the shit out of the bin in Mm. a big tantrum. 
like five times. I was like, I hope I'm not meant to like any of these characters. I found it really interesting in this movie, and I feel like we'll probably touch on it throughout the the piece. But like, they really didn't make any effort into you liking any of these boys. Really, they were shit dudes from the get go, and pretty much everyone in the movie treats them like, hey, you guys are kind of shit. Have you noticed this? <laughs> <laughs> the villain, you're like, yeah, but is he a villain? It's kind of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but you're like. The villain is the principal, and the principal's like, I gotta make sure my students go to school. And we're like, oh, what a fucking scumbag. Like, it's, yeah. God forbid you do your job. <laughs> so, yeah, they get the younger brother to come. Uh, he is set up as a real entrepreneur. He has two lockers full of all the test answers. So, he's selling exam answers to other students. And the only reason why Hat is inviting Kid is because he has the money, because he has such a lucrative little business going on. I don't know how old anyone is in this. I, I don't actually not understand how high school works in the US at all. They also, I think you you go to high school until you're like 20 years old or something in, in America. So, <laughs> they could be 18. I actually don't know. But they act like it's such a big deal that they're inviting the kid when they themselves are probably underage as well. Yeah, and especially in America where the age is just question marks. <laughs> like, <laughs> 45. You gotta, yeah, you got to start drinking at 21, even though you can start like driving a car at 14 or whatever. <laughs> you, can, you can drive a car while shooting a gun at like 13 years old. <sighs> that does sound fun though. <laughs> <laughs> So they stop at a gas station along the way. That's where they encounter Kathy for the first time, who's played by Shelley Long. She is arguing with her husband, and they obviously own this shop. Turns out he's cheated on her, and she absolutely loses the plot. Fair enough. And she tries to drive away in a van. Meanwhile, the boys are, like, stealing lots of candy and snacks because... They're distracted. And as they try to leave, she crashes the work van into the shop and then just <laughs> leaps into their car, jumps on Tom Cruise's lap and is like, let's go. And then he's like, we're going to Tijuana. She's like, I'm going to get a Tijuana divorce. And I don't know if that's a thing, but they <laughs> said it like it was a thing. I really enjoyed the way um, the kids, the entrepreneurial kids still staying in the car, the the young kid, but the three of them that go into the shop, like they really spot the advantage to do as much shoplifting as possible. Like they were going to do a little <laughs> bit of shoplifting, but the second they start fighting, they're like, oh, they're not going to notice if we just take this whole shop and they just like have the lumpiest jackets you've <laughs> ever seen. They're just tumbling out of their jackets. Yeah. <laughs> they look like that little rat in Cinderella when he's holding all of the corn and it's just like exploding <laughs> out. <laughs> it's just like no subtlety at all. There's no like there's no subtlety to anything in this in this movie. But like I did enjoy the way the kids were like, yes. <laughs> no one's paying Feel attention. It all, boys. <laughs> we're going to Tijuana and we're going to eat exclusively Twinkies the whole way. <laughs> I mean that sounds like a dream, like pretzels and Twinkies and in a big old 50s car. Actually sounds pretty good. Shooting guns because we can. As they're driving along, Kathy starts eating snacks and gets unreasonably upset because she realizes they must have stolen the snacks from the the shop. Like she didn't just drive a car into the shop as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like she didn't just destroy the shop herself by driving a van straight through the front window. Probably destroyed the van Um, too. I don't know if that's setting up that she's not, you know, she wants to say she wants to divorce her husband, but maybe she's she doesn't, or if she's just a little bit ditzy. I don't know. They set up a character trait of Hat, which is he's obsessed with hearing a story from a friend, and one of them that he talks about in the car is 
Spanish fly, which famously is like this, it's meant to be an aphrodisiac for women. I think when I look, I remember I looked it up when I first watched this movie ages ago and it was actually like a, some type of fly that you found in Mexico that was meant to do something, but now it's just a trap, tourist trap. Like it's a, if you buy anything that says for Spanish fly, it's just like some chemical garbage that tourists get sucked into. So but he's heard about it and as they're losing their virginity down there, he's determined to find some. Oh yeah, because you don't go all the way to Tijuana to hire a sex worker and then not also dose her with some kind of crazy aphrodisiac drug at the same time. Like that's how you've got to do it, you know? That's what sex workers want is they want... They want to come when they're with their Johns, you know? Yeah, and he made a big deal about that too. He was sort of like um, talking up his own little like masculinity. They're all sort of having that like talking about what they know about sex moment where he was like, you know, you've got to make her come. Like, you're not, it's not working if you're not going to make her come. (laughs) It's like, I really wasn't expecting. Grotesque isn't the right word. But like these days in a movie, in a kid's movie or like a teen movie or something, you know, there's all the rating levels. It's like you can say fuck like twice in the movie. And I really felt like it was a really long time before we heard the first fuck. But the second we heard it, it was just like bam, 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 bam. I was like, oh, this is a completely different film to what I was expecting because of the weird nebulous time that it was made. But it also has an R rating, which I was super shocked about because I didn't think that used to get you any kind of play in the old days. Like maybe that's another reason why the movie didn't do any kind of Yeah, I guess so. I think, yeah, I think that's where this movie sort of struggled is it didn't know where it sat. Like, Mm. is it for teens or is it for adults? And I think they made it too adult, so a lot of teens wouldn't have been allowed to see it. Like, Yeah, and I, one of my notes in the early parts of the movie was just, like, how old was the person who wrote this? Because, like, the dialogue is weird, and then all of the adult characters they interact with act incredibly adult. Like, they're really not leaning into the fact that it's, like, a silly joke movie. And, like, I'm a big connoisseur of, like, the stoner comedy, but this didn't... I was expecting, like, oh, yeah, this will be kind of, like, bit after bit after bit sort of, like, comedy movie, because it's the tagline sort of advertised it like that and this is really really it's like four kids who want to be in a stoner comedy are just like entering the lives of a bunch of adults and just bringing in chaos (laughs) and like and then have just an awful time yeah just an awful time for everyone involved (laughs) just everyone has a shit time they get waved through the border because they're americans so there's no problem getting in they drop kathy off at a law office that has like Get a divorce written on the big <laughs> just sign. Just the biggest so sign like, that just says divorce. <laughs> and then when she walks in, he's like, how can I help you? It's like, oh, I don't know. How do you think, friend? <laughs> <laughs> she also spurns Jock's advance. Like, why don't you come for a drink afterwards? Because jo- it's set up that Jock has already lost his virginity and is doing it like he just wants to have an adventure and, you know, variety is the spice of life kind of thing. And they're like, oh, she just rejected you. And he's like, there's a first for everything. Big spoiler, Jock is a big fucking asshole. Like, nothing he does is good. He's an irredeemable character. He's horrible and nasty and mean. And everyone tells him this and he gets lots mo- the most trouble and he deserves everything that comes to him. In fact, he, he deserves way more because he, because his friends bail him out of all the shitty yeah, trouble basically. he gets himself into. Yeah. He's just, I think, pretty early on in the film, too, he makes it pretty clear that, like, he wants to see a donkey show. And I was like, whoa, we're in this kind of movie. Okay. <laughs> also, if he's like 17, 18 years old, like, who the, what? I don't know. Uh, maybe I was a different 18 year old. In fact, I was definitely a big nerd. 18 year old who would have been mortified by that but fuck 
I don't even know how you hear about that in a pre-internet time. (laughs) They get pulled over by a cop, I think he's a sheriff, uh, who hassles them. At first you're like, oh, this this guy's a villain and he's going to give him a tough time. But like I said earlier, they kind of deserve everything that he does because even though, like, later in the, he actually says, like, they're like, what did he do? And he's like, he pissed me off. And I'm like, yeah, he did. And you kind of deserve it. Normally I'm, you know, I'm usually quite ACAT. But in this case, I'm kind of like, yeah, four white boys come tumbling (laughs) over the border and there's Mexican cops like, get fucked. Nah, I have no time for you. Yeah, and Jock is, like, immediately antagonistic with this cop who's kind of pulled them over to just be like, hey, you guys clearly are very young and in Tijuana. What are you doing here? And have a very expensive car. Yeah, he's got a crush on the car. And then Jock's just, like, straight up in – he's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to bribe this cop. And then, of course, me not knowing that it was set in the 60s, he's like, how much do you want? $5? And I'm just losing it. Like, $5? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's like when my kids try to bribe me and they're like, bring me 50 cents. And I'm like, yeah, mate, no. Get that shit out of here. Can't even get a Freddo with that shit. It's not worth (laughs) shit to me, mate. (laughs) Uh, So they managed to get out of the cop, you know, because he starts getting really angry at them for the bribes and everything. But they've pulled in front of a, not a mechanic, it's like they somewhere that... It's like a body shop. um, Body shop, yeah, but they're just doing the seats. So they're like, oh, no, we're getting a tuck and roll. (laughs) Which I thought was a sex thing. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that they were going to Tijuana to get a tuck and roll. I'm like, is this some kind of like hand job situation? (laughs) But no, it's getting new car vinyl installed in your car seats. I was like, oh, okay. I'm obviously not a car guy. They're getting the tuck and roll and that's kind of gets them out of getting in trouble because the sheriff knows the guy who's doing the mm. car vinyl stuff. But Hat, once again, has heard from someone that these places fill your seats up with horse manure. And I'm like, but they're just putting vinyl on? Like, what are they going to do? Take, like, take, go to all the effort of taking out all the padding and be like, and here's some shit just in there instead. <laughs> like... Are they going to sell the pet? Oh, it's stupid. It's so, it, it makes me think it must be one of those, like, just really dog shit racist tropes that was really common at the time. Yeah. Like, because a lot of, it's, everything he says is, like, friend of a friend of mine, or a friend of a friend of mine told me this, and whatever. And, like, the way they treat Tijuana, the whole, I mean, it's probably the way any American still treats Tijuana, really, but, like, it's this very, like, trope-ridden city where they're just there to go and, like, buy fireworks, have sex, drink alcohol and get their car done cheaply and see a donkey fuck someone yeah god (laughs) christ (laughs) it just makes me think of like clerks every time they mention the donkey (laughs) donkey (laughs) showing clerks i found it really interesting that like all of the sort of people that they interact with in tijuana are like yeah that's a trope though like they kind of like get called out constantly by everyone that they're around which is very yeah. surprising for the, both the time that the movie is set and the time that the movie was made yeah so like yeah they're being racist little jerks but then they're like basically they leave the kid in the car to go into town and at some a little bit later the dude doing it the car's like i know what people say like they they think that we just fill the seats with horse manure and the kid's like like, all right, well, you're being honest with me. I'm I'm just going to go buy fireworks. And yeah, so they, they know about these tropes and acknowledge them. But I'm still like, wow, this movie's still a very racist. Very, <laughs> yeah, very racist indeed. Yeah. Um, It's also uh, one bit of trivia I read about this is they just filmed this in a town in California. Like, oh, absolutely. I actually, one of nowhere these. Nowhere near. <laughs> one of my notes in here as well is like, I said, maybe 10% of the actors in this movie have heard a Mexican accent before. A followed, solid 40% are straight up just Californians. <laughs> Like, yeah, like the, one of my favorite characters, who was the kid, I think it's Pablo, but later on, 
mm. who has an altercation with Pat. I'm like, that is the most Californian accent I've ever heard in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every, like, every girl that comes on screen is just like, hey, how are you? <laughs> it's just like, okay. <laughs> just go hear them with vocal fry because they're from LA. <laughs> Another thing I noticed while they were wandering around, you notice how Tom was dressed like a little old man? Mm-hmm. Like he's little, like, I don't know, khaki yeah, just jacket slacks, and matching pants. and Slacks and a, like, blue, that pale blue that's just like, I've got my first desk job and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that. Like, because Jock was dressed really, like, kind of cool. Like, he was wearing something you could wear now, which is jeans, a white, long-sleeved, button-up shirt, and Converse. And I'm mm. like, is that what they wore in the 60s? Maybe, I guess. But then, yeah, Tom, just fucking little old man and around. And Hat is obviously thinks he's fucking Frank Sinatra, so that's how he's dressed. Real cool group of boys. Mm. Once again, the younger brother is just, like, remains normal. Like, yeah. remains normal and likable. <laughs> And it's just like in a t-shirt and some pants, just like being a kid trying to buy some fireworks. <laughs> I like how they set up the differences between the two brothers in that Hat gets ripped off immediately buying a cheap gold watch from a street vendor. And then later we see Kid after buying all the fireworks and he like goes up to the fireworks and like, I want this, this, this and this. The guy's like, do you have the money for this? He's like, yep. I don't want to, you know, haggle or anything. I just, you know, you be good with me. I'll be straight with you. And he's like such a good little business dude. And then <laughs> the same guy who tricked his brother earlier comes with a, a solid silver watch and he's like, like how dare you try and you know rip me off just because i'm a young naive kid like he's so fucking mature he's like and- i know the logo of this brand you can't pull one over me i bet it and then he says to his brother like oh yeah but you watch a solid gold isn't it <laughs> <laughs> a solid yeah, gold watch hat. for ten dollars as well <laughs> Oh, what a wanker. So they go into a strip club slash brothel where they um, are propositioned immediately by three beautiful women. That club, though, the like the decor in the club, great. The aesthetic of the club, excellent. Like there were props yeah. on stage. There's plants everywhere. It was very glam. Like I wanted to go into that club. I didn't want to be near any yeah. of the people. But I was like, yeah, all right. I'd go to a bar that looked like this. This is pretty great. Pretty banging. <laughs> Yeah, either that bar already existed or the set dressers actually were having a good time. <laughs> Probably the bar already existed. I don't know if they could afford set dresses really in this film, like based <laughs> on how the Tijuana street looks like, which is like just dirt with some shops on the side. That's And then like as many nice cars as they could hire. All the cars yeah. were so nice. <laughs> it was and so clean, like really polished. And like it was very they stood out. They looked like stickers, you know, like a high gloss sticker on some matte paper. <laughs> They probably just did a call out to the local car club and like, bring all your 50s and 60s cars out, would you? And they're like, hell yeah, the shiniest, most beautifully maintained cars in the whole world comes pouring in. That's almost definitely how they did it. Yeah, classic. (laughs) Kathy gets her divorce, which she's immediately very apprehensive about. She wanders around town and she ends up throwing her wedding ring into the fountain behind her and then immediately decides that she shouldn't have done that and turns around. And meanwhile, all these locals have like jumped into the fountain to try and find the ring. (laughs) Just fair enough. If someone threw a diamond ring in my presence, I would be like, oh, yeah, just going to... I'd probably wait till she walked off, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The- well, there were so many of them. They were like, the quickest one's going to get it. So they- Yeah, it was like watching a bunch of koi fish fighting over one piece of bread. <laughs> and she jumps in. She jumps straight into the fray. Yeah, and like gets into a scuffle and then eventually gets the ring back herself. Yeah. Good on her. Good on her. <laughs> Throwing elbows in the pit. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, she made like that made me like Kathy and I'm like, what is Kathy doing? She's a strange woman. But I think that made me like her more. Like she, you know, didn't go, Oh no, please. She just was like, Fuck you guys, I want my ring back. Mm. Some problematic stuff comes up with her later, but we'll deal with that as it comes. Kid yeah, he go he goes off to buy fireworks while the three lads basically I don't know what you would call this, a scam or a con or whatever. Basically the girls who are in the bar are plants who are very classically beautiful beautiful women, and then they send them upstairs and the girls stay back in the bar and there are more classic working girls kind of thing. Like they're less beautiful. They're See, rough I, around the edges. I agree that this is how it was like framed. But the only difference to me between these women was like how done their hair was. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, cause all the working girls were still hella hot and the three original ladies were hella yeah. hot, but they had like, you know, sleek, very styled, like sexy, trendy haircuts. And all of the working girls just had really intense perms. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, oh, okay, this is the perm room where we come for like, I was like, that's the kind of perm these days you only see on like an elder checkout chick, you know, like a nice lady at your local shops with like a really tight, tight wig on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But like, I yeah, they really were trying to sell it as like these women were way less attractive. And I was like, that could be the same actresses, just in worse hair. So the three boys each choose a woman that they're going to have sex with. They make Tom go first and he ends up picking one of the more mature of the sex workers, which I don't know if there was any particular reason for it, but it was a good choice for him because she ended up being really sweet because we can tell pretty quickly that he does not want to be there and he kind of regrets it. Oh yeah, because that was something we didn't mention earlier. When they're at school, he obviously has a girlfriend and she knows about them going to Tijuana to lose their virginity and is obviously really upset about it, but he's like... What do you want me to do? And it's like, not do that, dude. (laughs) Perhaps just don't. Especially don't tell your high school sweetheart that's what you're going to do. Yeah, that's the kind of boys trip that can stay on, you know, like that's one of those Saturday for the boys. What happens in Tijuana stays in Tijuana sort of moments. (laughs) It's like, just don't tell your girlfriend. He doesn't want to do this. And what actually happens is she she figures it out because she's has seen this before. And she's actually really kind and kind of motherly to him. And it's kind of like, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And he's like, I'll just pay you. And he's like, she's like, no, don't worry about it. And sort of sends him on his way, which I think was shockingly sweet, but is undone by the other two Mm. pieces of shit. What's his name? Hat. Like, picks the girl with the biggest boobs and just insists on negotiating with her. I'm guessing because he spent so much money on by being conned by watch salesmen already that he feels like he has to negotiate. And also, the girl he chose was super hot. Like, yeah. Yeah. She had a long curly hair and she had like just a banging bod. Like she looked great. Yeah, she did not look bad. That's for sure. I loved like just how much she did not give a shit about him trying to negotiate though. Like no, every time he like, said $15. anything. Yeah, she just added more money. She was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, well. Yeah. And then he, he grabs his like sock stuffed pants and he's like, even for this? Like, because girls are just desperate for huge, incredibly painful cocks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's going to be an extra five bucks just to like make me look at what you've just done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for the audacity and for the fact yeah. I don't want this. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want this, actually. This is not a special treat for me. <laughs> 
And also Jock, like, remembers he hasn't got a condom, so he goes back to Hat to get one, and he's like, oh, I'll give one to Tom as well. And they start off this, like, weird thing where they just keep bursting into the room with, like, this army guy in there, and, like, so they're setting up for stuff that's going to happen with the the army guy later. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a, like, a, uh, it's almost like a Benny Hill thing, but you're just yeah. in the one room that the guys keep coming in and <laughs> because they all think that Tom's in the one room. So they like they go in there and they try to offer him a condom and there's this army guy in there who's already clearly taking care of business. <laughs> it's a bit late for that kind of approach, yeah. I think. And then like Hat busts in and chucks a fucking firework into the room. Yeah, he's cherry like, bomb. Oh, here you go, Tom, special present. It's like, oh, oh. Losing your virginity, eh? Well, how about if I chuck fireworks at your face? Like, yeah, no worries. Thank- that big thumbs up again. No I don't know about you, but that's how I lost my virginities. So. <laughs> uh, you are from Canberra, so that could happen. Yeah, well, in the old days. It's not the good place anymore, sadly, for fireworks. <laughs> so Tom doesn't go through with the deed and just goes down to the bar and Jock meets him shortly thereafter and he realises that Tom hasn't got his jacket with him and Tom gets really weird about the jacket. He's like, oh, I must have left it upstairs. He's like, well, go get it. He's like, no. He's like, well, I'll go get it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Throws it, like, chucks a big wobbly about it. And so Jock's like, you didn't have sex with her, did you? He's like, what? He goes up there and she's like, hey, it's you, guy I didn't have sex with. And, like, undoes all these, <laughs> like, Hey, it's you, Gaia was really sweet and nice to. I've decided to turn and just be really mean <laughs> to you. Ha, tricked. Yeah, a lot of people make a big deal about his jacket sort of like going missing. And it's not really like, it's not a moment that you witness sort of happening. Like they don't, it's a very weird callback that they just keep focusing on. <laughs> and also that fugly jacket can fucking stay in Mexico, quite frankly. Yeah, no. It wasn't, Sorry, it wasn't you... like a great bomber or anything. No. <laughs> it was, it was nothing. <laughs> he should have been wearing like, like zip up grey leather shoes with it, really. Like that was the vibe. <laughs> I suppose it was too early for the old new balance and jeans combo, but he was going with the worst possible drip. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> so they end up having like a, a bit of a tiff and Kathy also rocks up. She wanders into a bar and starts talking to them and they're yeah. already, they're quite sulky at each other because they've been, they've argued and she's like, oh, whose funeral? And Jock starts getting really mean about it and saying some really mean stuff. Both Kathy and Tom are like, you're being real mean and you shouldn't. And so no real provocation for it, but he decides to be a big cunt to them and they end up leaving together because they're like, we don't have to stand for this. This is bullshit and they leave and rightly so so jock's just sitting there like drinking sadly by himself and oh before they actually before they leave we know that hat has finished because he must have said this earlier (laughs) that if you scream when you come it's better it's another thing he heard from a friend you know the louder you are but i'm also like surely he's jerked off right so wouldn't he very not have been a tried and tested thing or maybe because he's at home he can't yell Maybe. I swear this was like the one bit of the movie where there was like a little bit of sort of slapstick comedy because it's sort of, I might've just been imagining it because I was hoping for it to be a funnier movie, but it looked a little bit like they'd done a bit of like camera wobble (laughs) when he'd done the yelling. Like the whole building was like shaking shaking because he was screaming so loud. I might've just inserted that moment to make like myself have more fun, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> that would have been great. Like if yeah, if they had to ham that up instead of serious and seriously following a bunch of absolute jerks. This movie really was like very close to being a camp classic and nobody lent into the fact that it could have been. Mm. These just like kind of, I mean, Jock is also stunning, like a very pretty boy. Yeah. And like they really could have had Tom Cruise and Jock like really leaning into a bit more of a heartthrobby vibe and like pulling out some of those moments that could have been really, like they could have been funnier than oh, they, they were. It could have been funny at all. I don't think there was anything particularly funny at any point in this movie, really. Well, I think actually the funniest moment, and I wish I had like, I know, on a more more professional podcast, they'd be like, here's the drop. (laughs) (laughs) But like the band that's playing in the club while the boys are upstairs with their respective lady lady friends is singing some very funny songs. And that's like oh, yep. the only funny bit of the movie where he's just like talking yeah, like about- like really bawdy. Yeah, he's like talking about picking up his mum from the gangbang and like yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. You know, you're listening to it and you're like, okay, this is actually, like this guy might professionally write funny songs for strip clubs because it, it actually felt like something, a lot more thought had gone into that one bit of <laughs> music moment than had gone into like the rest of the film. So shame they didn't get him to do the uh the losing it song that plays yeah at the end yeah. of this movie because <laughs> he, he plays i think you only get snippets of it but it's sort of like three moments where he comes in singing on his piano with i think he's got a couple of backup vocalists and like a trumpet or something but it's yeah it's just like rowdy funny dumb humor Bo- bawdy, which I is, think is the, yeah yeah the it made me think of um in showgirls how there's a character that just like comes out and makes horny jokes between like strippers doing insanely good strip dancing it's like i love the idea of just like a palate cleanser of someone just being like hey titties <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got something really shameful to admit. I haven't seen Showgirls. Oh my god! I keep talking. Ben and I are like we got to watch that movie. And oh my god! Someone I follow on Instagram was like posting a dress was dressed up as um, the main character, and I'm like I've got to watch this fucking movie, and I still haven't, and I feel sad about it every day. Oh my I god! Will. I have a f- a full back patch embroidered of Nomi Malone that one of my best friends embroidered, and the second she finished it, I was like, I'm taking that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sewed it onto my jacket. Oh, yeah. Showgirls is a much better movie than losing it. <laughs> Showgirls could be a dog shit movie and it would still be better than losing yeah, it. Yeah, look. <laughs> I, know, I said it before, I enjoyed this more than I re- than I should have, but I'm like, we're, we're shitting on this movie right now, but it is a little bit more enjoyable than we actually are sort of explaining it. But at a base level, it is a dog shit movie. Mm. Yeah, so Kathy and Tom walk around a nice part of town, yeah, having tequila. I think they're doing, are they doing it in the wrong order? Like they're meant to, as someone who doesn't really drink tequila because it makes me die. Yeah, they're doing lime tequila salt. Yeah. Which is like the reverse yeah. of what I I know. But also they're both giving huge like Christian kids have just stolen alcohol for the first time sort of vibes. Oh, like yeah. I feel like she's never had tequila before. He obviously has never had tequila before. My only note during this scene is please lady do not have sex with any of these children. Oh, um. <laughs> don't you worry about that my friend. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. It's totally going to happen. <laughs> 
when I, when I realised what was happening, I'm like, hang on, how old of an age difference is there between Shelley Long and Tom Cruise? It's 13 years. But I don't think that's <laughs> the age gap implied in the movie. I think, like, if he's 17, I reckon she's only meant to be, like, 25 or something. I don't know. I didn't... Because she was so naive. Yeah, she talks about her husband being, like, her high school love and stuff and, like, not to, you know, assume that everyone should have kids. But they don't have kids yet. So <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> so they probably haven't been together for, like, a super long time. She didn't give me, like, massively older women vibes. But it was very weird when, like, the movie took a tonal shift and was suddenly you were like, oh, she's gonna kiss one of these boys. Like, and then she just kind of does. Yeah, because then they have a little smooch and then they're like, let's let's go get a hotel room. And they fucking do. And they go hook up. So weird. And like, she's, she's in, she thinks it's really sweet how he's like, I don't want to just have sex with anyone. I, you know, I'm a bit more romantic than that. And she's like, oh, me too. Oh, well, let's do it. You're a high school student. No worries. And they go, they go do it. That's the definition of romance is looking at someone else and being like romantic, <laughs> romantic. Absolutely. And happened. then just like talking on the spot. Nothing more romantic. But what I found really interesting is that like, they were really quite fine with women getting their tits out earlier in the film and stuff and like being quite ex- not like explicit yeah. with the sex scenes but like you are in the room with people while they are fucking and then this is just like he takes off his shirt she's standing there in underwear and then like cut to them like walking around and him being like was I okay? <laughs> she's I like well rough? I've only been with one man so I don't know like, <laughs> just- <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> and, like, and I like how they for such a romantic time they're like oh well we're done now just gonna leave a hotel maybe it was just rented for an hour maybe that was what but it was a pretty nice hotel room so I don't know if it was a sexy times hotel well you know hotels have deteriorated over the years an hour hotel room used to be a much different thing to what it is now <laughs> that's true yes uh, meanwhile Jock is wandering the streets and ends up at a dive bar full of the army and navy boys and apparently it's the one with the donkey thing happens and I'm glad I mean obviously they're not going to show the donkey thing but they don't clarify any further what the donkey thing is it's just like you see a donkey being let out he doesn't even actually use the words donkey show I'm just putting that in because that's what they're called in like the parlance but he just says I want to see a donkey and he says it several Mm. times and the first time he said it like very 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 early on in the movie kind of during the opening montage moment I was like has this guy just never seen a donkey before like of course me (laughs) just being way too naive about what kind of movie it was going to be I was like I don't know I guess like people who live in cities haven't seen animals or whatever (laughs) and then he gets there and I'm like oh that kind of donkey okay and I love that we we see the donkey like arrive into into that bar like it gets led through the crowd and then Jock just fucks it up for himself he was right there. He could have just seen the donkey show. Yeah. But instead... No, instead he gets into a fucking biffo with the army boys and they start a fucking all-out brawl. <laughs> it's it's a really just... classic, like, pub brawl scene. And he gets into it by just being a dick. Like, he's a consummate dick for the entire movie. I don't think he's polite to anyone at any point. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. And, yeah, he gets the snot kicked out of him. And I love how everything in that bar was clearly made of balsa wood. Like, I know it was a dive bar, but everything was made of balsa wood. Like everything was just like shattering. I thought to myself, this is the most chairs I've ever actually seen broken in a bar brawl. Like usually it's like one chair. And then when they get yelled at by the the owner, you know, people pick up the chairs and put them next to the tables. They couldn't do that in this scene because the tables and the chairs were also completely demoed. 
<laughs> just fucking splintered. Yeah. That's all that was left. <laughs> just like matches on the floor. And obviously, so there was, I mean, we knew this was going to happen because the sheriff earlier was like, I have a feeling I'm going to see you guys again and I'm not going to be so nice because the sheriff turns up after this bar brawl and is like, all right, off to jail, dickhead. Yeah, I'm kind of like, he warned you. Like, you could have just not been a fuckhead and said you started a brawl. So here we are. Uh, while all this is happening, Hat and Jock had a bit of a tiff because I think Jock was mad that he had his argument with Tom. So he starts another fight with his other friend, hence why he's wandering alone looking for the donkey show. And Hat runs into his brother and is like, what are you doing? And then they end up having some adventures together. So their adventure now is to find Spanish Fly. And he goes to a pharmacist who doesn't speak any English and when he keeps he does this fucking pantomime of like explaining what a Spanish fly is all the customers leave and the pharmacist is like I understand goes down and picks up a fucking giant shotgun from under the thing and chases him out which I'm like good goodbye yeah absolutely you big fuckhead like (laughs) completely supportive of this pharmacist in this situation (laughs) (laughs) they continue trying to find Spanish fly and he asks like a taxi driver and the taxi driver is like I can take you to the best place and literally just drives him around the corner back to that same pharmacist. I swear he drives him around the block like five times as well. It's like yeah. <laughs> he's just like trying to wring money out of this kid and his little brother, again, the only professional businessman in the whole like movie is just like, this guy is taking you for all of your money, man. Like he's taking you for a ride for for no reason. This is the longest ride ever. <laughs> And also, Spanish fly isn't real. Like, everyone has said this, and yet you were still pursuing it. And then eventually he's just like, fucking whatever. And so he gets Spanish fly, which very obviously is aspirin. Like, we, later on, the character confirms that, but it's very obviously like six tablets, like six tablets for $10. But he's like, there's $4 for the cab ride, and I had to pay two extra dollars, like, because it was the last six tablets. And he's like, yeah, no worries. He's like, oh, that's cleaned me out. No worries. Yeah, so the kid is just like, all right, here we go. His plan is to go back to a brothel. So, what this deal is, he wants to go back to a brothel and give it to a sex worker like I don't I don't understand his logic but because he has no money and the kid does not want to give him any money he decides he's instead just going to drug a pretty girl who's selling drinks on the side of the street the kid again only logical rational person here is like you shouldn't do that that's disgusting and he does it anyway he slips her a drink and she's like begging him to leave her alone she's like can you please leave me alone you're really gross like, what? Oh, and making the clearest not eye contact I've ever seen in a movie like this chick was acting so perfectly as a girl who wanted to be left the fuck alone she was straight up staring like 45 degrees to (laughs) to the (laughs) southwest like not looking at him at all but shout out to her and her girlfriends who came and got drinks again in the exact same bit of footage that they just used twice when he walked away (laughs) from the thing for having the best outfits in the movie Oh yeah, like really good tailored dresses especially this one gingham green situation with an off the shoulder bit going on like great they they really like really lifted the scene for me just with their <laughs> outfits and i have to say they the probably co- brought their own outfits like yeah the color in this movie is one of the things that really like stands up i feel like it's one of those movies that could secretly get big on tumblr just because the screenshots would look good oh yeah like there's yeah. a lot of like the the cars are all great colors a lot of the clothes are pretty good colors um and i did notice that the taxi drivers are constantly slipping them business cards of yeah. people they know they're like yeah take this business card he does the best cars or whatever take this business card he does the best fireworks or whatever and the business cards are all like violently bright colors. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I was just like, wow, like whoever did the art direction for this movie was like, oh, well, I guess like Mexico is pretty colourful, right? Like let's just shove some stuff into it. And like that turned out really well. Like I was like, okay, this movie looks pretty good. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Someone at some point had to get something right. Like they're throwing darts at a dartboard and someone had to be hitting at some point. (laughs) Yeah. There's always a creative director having an okay time on a film, like no matter how terrible it is. But yeah, back to the spiking the drink thing. One of the things that the little kid said that I really liked as well was if I thought it was real, I would stop you from doing this. But I know it's bullshit, so I don't care. And I'm going to let you put that pill in her drink because it's not going to do shit. Which, yeah, the only per- only character with, like, a proper conscience and, you mm. know, mor- sorry, a moral compass is what I meant to say. The only one. And he's, what, 14 years old. Bloody good one, lads. <laughs> it obviously doesn't go too well for him because, you know, he's, he's going to leave it for a little bit for it to settle in. And he's, like, watching her and he's, like, see, she's getting all, like, titchy. And the brother's, like, it was a mosquito, dude, like... <laughs> Come on, calm down. And he ends up chatting to this guy, Pablo, the only character's name I really remember because he was such a cool dude and clearly the most American one there. Mm. And he's like boasting to him because he's they're talking about this um, beautiful old car that Pablo has. And then he misses like, well, I'm using Spanish flight and I use it on her. And Pablo's like, first of all, Spanish flight isn't real. Also, that girl, that's my fucking sister. So they, these Mexican kids take the two white boys and they luckily, with a really bad bit of dubbing, they clarify that this is just a prank to make them, you know, realize that they were doing something wrong. Mm. But they basically they take him to a junkyard. They hoist hat up on a crane thing that would normally pick up cars, and they have a blowtorch, and they're like threatening that they're gonna burn his dick off, <laughs> and. Because they're racist little shits. They're like, oh, they're really going to do this to us. I can't believe it. But luckily, kid, and he's one most, he's one reckless thing he does is he runs back while they're chasing him, knowing that he's going to take the car. He goes back, rescues his brother, and they zoom off and they like crash through a wall. And it's a pretty good scene, actually. I feel like he, he looks so joyful the whole time. And like, yeah. Although it is, you know, stealing someone's car is, you know, objectively the wrong thing or whatever. But they thought that he was going to get his dick burned off. <laughs> Again, like, he's doing the right thing in this situation where he's like okay my brother's an absolute asshole but I'm gonna go rescue him in again like probably something that could if you sped the footage up a tiny bit the Benny Hill theme would have been really good over oh, this yeah. as well because yeah, they're like oh no there's a, it's dead end and he's like no worries and it smashes through yeah and smashes through a the road. Yeah. there was another moment in this where he was saying I didn't know he, she was your sister I didn't know she was your sister and the guy's like she's fucking somebody's sister mate you and knew I was she was like, someone's sister I was like, Oh, this is the 80s. They're like woke. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like everyone surrounding these these three boys. Yeah. Because um, the kid was all right. Were like sensible, rational people. And it was just. Was this also the scene where Pablo was like, Tijuana isn't even our city. It's your city. It's for all you disgusting, creepy Americans who yeah. want to come here and do shit. Like and I was like, wow, really like calling them out like on their behavior. Yeah. And then like, for uh, just a beat, just a tiny second, I thought, are these kids going to learn a lesson? Oh, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> so wrong about the fact that maybe (laughs) there would be some growth (laughs) amongst any of these I forgot how little lesson anyone learned in this. Like, when I got to the end, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, no one learned anything. Oh man, boy, didn't they. (laughs) 
Jock, meanwhile, he's going to jail. And luckily, just by chance, Kathy and Tom leave the hotel and they happen to see the sheriff's car go past with Jock in the back. So they know to follow and to go retrieve him. Meanwhile, Jock in prison, I guess it's like some sort of jailhouse, like justice kind of thing where this giant Mexican man asserts dominance and bashes the shit out of him. Did but- he not look a little tiny bit like Jack Black to you, though? Yeah, he looked like I was Jack- like, this is a really tall Jack Black just beating the snot out of this teenager. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and again, with like a really bad perm, like curly hair does not look like that naturally. <laughs> and, and who thought that everyone in Mexico has really dense curls? Uh, like everyone looks too normal. So let's just make their hair crazy curly and that's how we'll know yeah. they're Mexican. And the like okay, I guess. faked, the hella fake tan. There's oh, a yeah. lot of fake tan going on in that movie. So yeah, he gets bashed up by this bloke, but it kind of, I don't know, kind of works in his favour because he's like run the gauntlet. When the, so three of the army guys who he got into the brawl with at the bar get thrown in and they start trying to bash up jock the giant mexican man comes and says no you don't get to do that that's me and he he saves jock and like (laughs) when jock eventually gets let out he's just kind of like see you later friend and he's like see you later like i don't know like they became friends because of the that beating i don't know that was that was a bit strange. Like, I know in high school, one of the ways to get through the tension with someone was to have a bit of a fight. And sometimes you kind of became friends afterwards because you understood the limits of yep. someone. I guess jail could just be like that. From my understanding, jail he, is just like, like high school, yeah. How long is he even in there? Because, like, they see him getting driven off in the car with the yeah. sheriff. because they catch a cab straight away. So it's been, like, ten minutes. They catch a cab straight away. Like, the, the time delay can't have been that much, but it's enough for him to, like, awkwardly interact with everyone before getting the shit kicked out of him by this guy and then almost getting the shit kicked out of him for a second time. And, like, that guy leaves him unconscious on the floor. Mm, just chucks a, a bell and up sack the on him. And then army boys come in. Yeah, so, like, the, ti- the timing in this movie, like, you know, not to nitpick, but... <laughs> Please do. (laughs) The chronology of this film is very weird. And I know that, like, a lot of those older films had a lot of struggle with filming, like, nighttime scenes in the day and getting the lighting right. Mm. But I feel like they arrive there in the afternoon, I suppose. They go straight from school. Yeah. And then it is immediately nighttime, but it still looks like day. And nighttime seems to stretch for fucking ever because they're only there for the night and they leave at dusk. Like, it's a very. I was confused about what time of day it was instantly I was confused about like how much time and it, it is one of those movies where it's like yeah this is a, just a couple of hours it's like one night in a town but it there were moments where I was like have they been here for a couple of days like oh. yeah Okay, yeah, it's anymore. really hard to tell the time. And I think everything happened in like a matter of a few hours. Like, yeah, time passed really quickly. And I was like, yeah, I don't, okay, I guess that's just been five minutes. But how has all this stuff happened in five minutes? There's no sleeping at all. No. There's definitely a lot of drinking. Mm. And then, yeah, they basically get Jock out of jail and go home. Yeah. Which is obviously more complicated than it sounds. I'm going to go into how they get Jock out of jail. The ungrateful little prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So when Kathy and Tom get to the jail, the only way they, they talk to the sheriff, and that's when the sheriff admits, like, yeah, he pissed me off. That's why I've done this. They end up securing his bond, his 
What do you call it? Bail, Bail money. That's it. And because he's like, it could be $3,000. Like, it's a serious crime. Which I imagine brawling and just smashing up a venue is a reasonably serious crime. They're like, it's probably going to be $3,000. Or he goes to court tomorrow morning and possibly goes to jail for four years. And they're like, oh. So we don't see the negotiating happen. We find out in a moment that they've actually offered Hat's car, beautiful 1957 Chevrolet, to the cop. And that's how they managed to get him out of jail. Which, on the cop's part, very risky. Because they're like, they must, I think they convinced him like, no, 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 Hat will be fine with this. Don't worry. And everyone sort of comes back together, reconvenes at where the car was. And also that means that old mate was there doing the seats all night because the car's yeah, only just yeah. freshly done. <laughs> My favourite thing to do at 1am is a favour for a white boy. <laughs> 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 I think that there's a brief moment in the negotiations for like getting jock asshole out of jail where they hint at the fact that like maybe his home life isn't amazing. <laughs> yeah, Tom and just mentions like, that. Yeah. There could have been the tiniest bit of character development here. Like maybe jock's such an asshole because his family is so dog shit and stuff. And I'm like, was there stuff left on the cutting room floor? But no, the answer is no. It's just a badly written movie. <laughs> <laughs> They basically have this little altercation with the sheriff again because Hat is like, absolutely not no way. And then he's like, why don't you take this other car, the car they stole off Pablo and friends? And he's like, that has Mexican plates. Have you stolen that car? And he's like, oh, and he's like, I'm going to take you to jail now. Like I'm taking, keeping your car for all mates bail, but I'm taking you to jail now because you've stolen the car. And I'm like, he's not wrong. Like that's literally what's happened. (laughs) (laughs) Tom's like, remember the original deal? And Hat's like, okay, how about I just give you the car? It's like, no, I'm taking the car and I'm taking you to jail. But they... Yeah, now I've got two cars. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> they get out of this, not by, you know, using their negotiating skills. Someone crouches behind the cop and he falls over and they all wrestle him to the ground, handcuff him to a table and fucking bounce out of there. And put all, all of the kids' fireworks into his cop car, which I have to say, like, that, that was pretty rules. fun. That, was pretty <laughs> that rules. But, like... He's the only good character and he loses all of the money he was going to, because he was, he explicitly states that he's going to take those fireworks home and sell them for a 300% markup. And I'm like, you go, you little king, you're a king (laughs) amongst men. And they use every single one of them. They chuck them into that cop car. And so he goes home with nothing. They and also, he loses any money he had left over. He has to pay for the seat upholstery to be redone. Yeah, like they're like pay, pay him. And so, like he really liked it. Like good guy the whole way through, and fucking loses everything. Like wonderful time for him. Far out. Oh my god. There's like another Benny Hill style car chase because Pablo. I must have blinked and missed this. Where Pablo's back in his car that they stole, and they're being chased. So they're being chased in the Chevy by the little car with Pablo and friends, and then the cop eventually gets in the car. And meanwhile, the guy who did the upholstery. He's just like laughing his fucking ass off. Like he was having the best time of his life. He got paid and he got to have the funniest moment of his entire life, like based on how much he was laughing. Yeah. And he's probably going to make a hell of a lot of money off that cop when he has to redo the interior. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, a real random kind of car chase scene where they zoom off and they're so close to escaping, except they get to the border back over to the US, which obviously is much stricter to get back. They're like, oh shit, what do we do? The cop's right behind us. He's going to get us. So the one time Jock does anything, actually it's not even selfless. He just like comes up with a plan. He goes up to one of the guards and says, see that car? If there's any contraband in it, just let you know I have nothing to do with it. So they're like, oh yeah, haul it off. an extremely funny way (laughs) to be like, please search me, sir. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so they do like full, like strip searches and they find Hat's sock that he has stuffed in his. The guard like takes a sock, which has been in his underpants the whole time. And like. Oh God, and touches it so much. <laughs> it was... He touches it with his hands and he's not wearing gloves or anything. No. He just grabs it and like rubs his hands all over it. It's yeah, really. So I'm silly. glad it wasn't just me who noticed that. <laughs> Like, man, that kid has had sex tonight for the first time. Like, there's a sticky dick all over that. Awful. Awful. And then the cop tries to hand it back and he won't even touch it. It's like, it's your dick juice, dude. Let that guy touch it. Oh, yuck. I found this strip search scene very interesting um, just like casting wise because jock we're calling jock because he's depicted on the football team very early on in the movie but when those boys took their shirts off i was like jock is the skinniest weed (laughs) i've ever seen and the the young youngest tomothy cruzel who's kind of meant to be like the dowdy normal nerdy just kind of like average dude i don't want to say that he's like ripped or fit or anything but you can see that that body is designed to hold muscle yeah like he's so much broader <laughs> all of his body is like so much more defined it's kind of like in those movies where like the nerdy guy takes his shirt off and you're like come on no yeah like when ned flanders like takes, that. His, what are you takes his shirt off and he's absolutely yeah. cut <laughs> yeah. like i just i remember like i just saw it and was like oh yeah okay no this this makes perfect sense but also that is the jock of these four kids <laughs> that are standing here shirtless like that's the one that could play on a yeah. football team yeah they maybe should have swapped the characters around like why couldn't yeah why couldn't jock have been the sensitive boy like the tall brooding sensitive boy and i don't know tom cruise's oh god some rips in those jeans really would have sold that too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel like the grandpa outfit really does suit someone with just dickhead energy yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, as they're getting strip searched, they are also tearing apart the Chevy to find any contraband, which they do not. And one of the guards is like to Jock, well, thanks a lot for that fucking tip off. You think you're funny? And he's like, mm-hmm, I don't know. So yeah, they get to they get to continue on. And as they're sort of sitting there waiting for the car to be put back together and Hat's like, no, my beautiful car. My precious baby. Tom and Kathy are talking. So as they were fleeing, Kathy saw her husband entering one of the brothels and was like what I can't believe it and I thought that she was like oh no he's come to Tijuana to go to a brothel and I'm like that's weird but then I realized she must have twigged that he's come to find her because she's like I'm leaving to Tijuana see you sucker so she's having like a little DNM with Tom talking about stuff I kind of remember I didn't even write notes so I'm sure it was inconsequential but when she looks up she actually sees her husband in their van coming back through to the US she's like oh no I want to be with him and like runs off to have a big lovely like reunion with him he's like I've been looking for you everywhere and she's like she, I think she has said earlier that her husband has never says I love you and never like acts like he wants me or needs me or all that sort of stuff so she's like he's right now he'll be sitting at home doing nothing because he will not admit that he loves me and will not come search for me so she was very taken aback by him actually coming and searching for her so yeah he instantly wins her back but strange moment where really weird really weird so, moment I mean, if it, it wasn't problematic enough that she had sex with a teenager. Oh my God. Is that she's like, I'm going to go say goodbye to my friends, goes back to Tom and says, you know, see you later. And they have a fucking big smooch. Like, like just at first like it's a like a, a big kiss. Smooch. She like kisses him in a very like goodbye, it was nice to know you sort of like normal romantic movie way. Yeah. And then he just like fucking grabs her. <laughs> 
<laughs> he goes for it. He's like, I'm going to make out with this woman in front of her husband. Like, and she's like, okay. Some real alpha male stuff going on. <laughs> and like, she's, so she's run up to her husband, given him a kiss, run back to give this boy a kiss, and then like really leans in to the makeout sesh. Yes. And like, it's long. Yeah, it's a big kiss. <laughs> There's like no cuts, really. They're just, we're just watching this woman kissing a child. Like, oh my God. And I, th- I think I looked it up and I think he was actually like 20 when they were filming it. Yeah. Because I couldn't handle this scene. I was like, I have to know what the fuck is going on here. So it's like less literally creepy. <laughs> but in the film, it's yeah. just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Especially because we don't know how old she is. Because she because like, she does make a few comments that she's like, oh no, for an old woman and all that sort of stuff. And I, I personally never started saying that shit until I was the last couple of years because I'm nearing my 40s. Like if, if I was 25 to 30, I never was like, oh, you're 18. I'm an old woman. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe she would. She could have been older. Who knows? I would say yeah, you're was... a baby, but I certainly would never self-ID as being old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A decrepit old woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was weird. And, and it's not as if the husband is like, I'm so happy. But he keeps giving, throwing these looks like, what the fuck was that? Like, he acknowledges that facially. That was fuck because like, she gets in the car and he's, like, hesitating because he's like, what the hell just what, happened? What just happened? <laughs> like, you and me but both, he also, man. <laughs> but also, he can't do shit about it because he cheated on her, I guess. Like, he's like, okay, I guess. Like, Yeah, it's, it's a weird, like, every single opportunity they have for, like, genuine character development. They're just like, okay, well, now the movie's over, so we're just going to go back to how exactly we were before and not learn anything anything from any of this this time like the only person who learns anything is the kid learns not to trust any of these dickheads mm. and he should never have agreed to go to mexico in the first place like that's that's the only thing that was learned here oh no i think that kid has learned that if he goes back to mexico by himself he's gonna make a fortune oh, yeah. <laughs> like ten thousand dollars in one night yeah. So they, yeah, they drive home, they're driving through the US and they stop at a diner. And Oh, that's the thing we missed. When they're getting chased, the army guys get bailed out of jail by the MP, the military police guy. And they're in like this little weird, tiny little army jeep thing. And they see the the guy, they're like, oh, I wish I had one chance to get that guy. And then they zoom past in the Chevy like, it's them. But they get knocked off the road and they like fly through a billboard. Oh. Like for no reason. <laughs> it's a very weird, like again, like a... Slapstick that doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. belong in this movie yeah at all. like there, i feel like there's two or three slapstick moments and you're like you can't just introduce slapstick in the last minute of a film yeah. like it's kind of got to be present for the whole the whole piece yeah uh, yeah and th- but they reintroduce <laughs> it at the end by having them stop at a diner where those same army guys already are and have a big food fight yeah oh like, and there's that's an- how the movie ends <laughs> yeah, they start <laughs> I think they start a bit of a brawl, but everyone else in the diner is just like, food fight! And then there's this one extra who's like in the corner of a booth and she's just got the longest, straightest, 70s hair. Like just, she's a real like icon of the 70s, this chick. And she's screaming so much. Like she's screaming like she's watching someone stab someone else while smiling like an emoji-sized smile and throwing like food in the air and it's like yeah. what emotion are you feeling right now like 
<laughs> and I suppose, like, really, this is a diner. It's breakfast. Probably lots of people have had a pretty big night the night before. Like, certainly all these kids that have just driven in from TJ. But, like, mm. what kind of mental breakdown are you having to be sitting in the corner of a booth throwing, like, pancakes and ice cream at a bunch of <laughs> cops beating each other Teenagers? up? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> And just like screeching at the top of her lungs. It was it was really like a weird, <laughs> weird moment. <laughs> and, and then it's just like ta-da Well the the kid's like sort of shakes his head and goes outside to oh, let that all happen and kind of shrugs and then that's it, that's it. But then that, that scene also goes for too long. He like shrugs and shakes his head and looks at the camera and then looks like the first look at the camera was a bit too short, so he really tries to go down the lens for a bit. <laughs> And then he kind of shrugs again and crosses his arms. He's like, what can you do about it? And it's like, you could have just cut that to use one of those actions. But he kind of looked like... Why didn't they just... They should have done a freeze frame. That this if oh. all, all the movies that have had freeze frames that I've reviewed of Tom Cruise in the 80s, mm. this one deserved him just shrugging at the camera. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd have been like, oh, okay, that's great. Yeah. But instead he looks like one of those, um, you know, like when models are posing and the photos are being taken and he's just like, yep. shrug. Arms crossed. Look at the camera. Shrug again. <laughs> Taking his headshots. Very, very weird. I kind of wonder if it was edited at all or if they just kind of were like, yep, that's it. <laughs> We've got everything we need. That's a, there was a last little strip of film they had and they're like, you just got to fucking emote <laughs> so hard and we'll work out what we can use. And they're like, I'll just use it all. No worries. Yeah, cool. Great. <laughs> That is losing it from the name, the tagline, which is like, they've been boozing, they've been cruising, and now they're losing it. Like, not really conveyed in the actual movie, which is, takes itself a bit too seriously. No one learns anything and everyone's a bit garbage. And yeah, it's it's weird. But like I said, I still enjoy it. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe just the nostalgia of shit 80s movies. I'm like, yeah, I still like this. Like It was so not what I was expecting that I kind of reflexively enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be it wasn't it like so the the description that I read the little tagline that's on the like streaming service that I was using it says a teen sex comedy which follows four <laughs> Los Angeles school friends as they travel south of the border and so I was thinking like dude where's my car you know I was expecting yeah. at least one of them to get riggedy wrecked or like way too drunk <laughs> or <laughs> Like, and it it just didn't have, like, they didn't do anything whole hog. Like, none of these kids committed right. to anything at any point in this movie. And it was like, it was so weird. And that made it sound like it was going to be a road trip too. And there was mm. very little road trip element. They stopped at two pl- a place each way down and back and some hijinks ensued, but that was it. Which would, if it'd been a, if it'd been a road trip down and then they barely got any time down there, that would have been much more fun. Yeah, a great movie would have been them, like, the scene in the original little shop or was it a gas station or something that scene where Kathy is fighting with her husband and they're all shoplifting that could have gone for twice as long and like destroyed their trip to TJ and it could have been a really interesting movie and it yeah. instead it was like just all these really weird little frames stuck together <laughs> these little scenes yeah. stuck together and none of it like there was no real cruising they really they no, didn't, so didn't I was try to say hard. next is the um, cruisisms because this is such an early movie Tom Cruise hasn't set up all of his famous cruisisms so like he doesn't do any running there's no real stunts for him to do especially as his character like if he'd been the jock or anything maybe there's none of like the cheesy Tom Grin smile or he doesn't get to have a drunken monologue like he gets drunk but there's no drunken monologue which Tom Cruise does a fair bit there's no action 
stuff. It's just, yeah, it's not a Tom Cruise film in the slightest. I think he could have, he should have played the jock, maybe, and maybe it could have been a bit cruisier. But I would have loved to see yeah. him take some stage punches in those fight scenes. Like, that would have been wonderful. Because, you know, he just goes, he really leans into, like, any kind of stunt work that he does. And I imagine that yeah. that's a dyed-in-the-wool sort of emotion for him. Honestly, you could replace him with any person, and this movie mm-hmm. would not be even slightly different. Like, none of this movie hinged on the abilities of any of the actors in it. And the only reason why I find it endearing is because it's a young Tom Cruise. And I'm like, he's so, he looks so young. He's so innocent and sweet looking. And that's about it. Yeah. And I get to see him. He was so, so innocent and sweet looking that I, my, like one of my first thoughts was, God, I would have loved to see him in a John Waters movie. Like, I really would have loved to see him young, pulling off that like completely square, just like beautiful, classic American like handsome schoolboy thing in some Mm. like really just filthy camp perverted sort of situation I feel like that would have been really fun and I'm like it's just a shame that he didn't get any like gay directors Yeah. Like, Have you seen Risky Business? Uh, not since I was probably too young to see Risky Business. Because <laughs> that's that's as, uh, kind of as close as yeah he could have gotten to being a John Waters film. Because that's yeah that was a film I thought was going to be what I thought this movie was going to be, which was like a silly teenage sex romp. And I'm like, oh, this is a dark like criticism of capitalism and like America and all this sort of stuff. So I highly recommend watching that again because yeah, a very sweet, innocent young Tom Cruise who gets a little bit corrupted by you know figuring out that capitalism is fucked and America just <laughs> chews up people and spits them out so yeah not cruisy at all really but he's delightful to look at so I wouldn't recommend this movie necessarily especially because it's so hard to find and I can't even lend you the fucking DVD apparently <laughs> but if you do happen to find yourself watching it like it is kind of worth it just to see this young shiny bright-eyed bushy-tailed Tom Cruise trying to be a nerd it's also a really interesting um piece of Hollywood in the sense that like it's weird to me that it's even on DVD you know, like someone thought to preserve it enough to release it on DVD is is interesting. I remember back in the day when we you got a Crazy Clarks and there'd be these fucking bonkers movies on two dollar DVDs. Like I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you kind of like these days if you think, God, oh, this was just like Hollywood making a movie because it needed to fart something out. It's something kind of it's it's less um warm. Like I don't know, this movie was t- like objectively everyone in the movie is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's not really written very well and like nobody learns any lessons but the whole time I'm like this feels nice like it's a bit of a hug of a movie I don't know it's it's just got a bit of like weird hopefulness for I don't want to say the plot or anything but like cinema in general where they were like mm. yeah we can just make a, a, a strangely average film <laughs> Yeah, and and it just can exist, and that's fine. And like mediocre movies are allowed and stuff, but like it, yeah, it's it just is. It's a very weird little sample, and a movie that I considered that bad that would come out today would actually be way way worse. Oh yeah, like there were still things about it that I really enjoyed. Like I enjoyed how much the adults just did not fucking take a single one of these kids seriously at any time. Like the only (laughs) time any of these adults, any of the kids treated with respect is when the kid is buying fireworks and the guy behind the counter is like, oh, this child means business. This is a serious interaction, (laughs) you know? But like everyone that they talk to, every friend of a friend story that Hat tells, there's some adult being like, that's bullshit. That's fake. You're an idiot. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing here? And had the adults and like all of the Mexican characters 
characters not acted like that, this would have just been like a shocking, shocking piece yes. of work. But for some reason, the fact that like they're not trying to pretend that these are good guys, <laughs> they're like they're yeah. very they're very open about the fact that they're pretty objectionably behaved kids. Which is why I guess it's so weird. Because why why make a movie about four ba- like well, three bad teens who no one likes, no one it's not likable, and then be like, and we're also gonna hang a little bit extra shit in them from all the other characters who normally in films we would be you know racist and cruel to mm. weird it's just a, it's a weird combination of things but yeah like, like i agree that's the only thing that saves it from being absolute garbage fire is it's a little bit self-aware mm. and you're like okay cool good on yous yeah it could have been saved in either direction by either being slightly more serious or being much much funnier yeah like that could have made it into like something that i genuinely enjoy like for from the core but this i just enjoyed because i enjoy movies <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing I keep rating some real trash movies quite highly and I'm like I just like movies guys I'm just, what can I tell you <laughs> are you not entertained I'm like I am entertained thank you <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> alright so we'll rate the movie now so we've kind of summed it up pretty well but is more enjoyable than expected there are drastic ways they could have improved this movie but as it is I'm going to give it two sticky socks retrieved from Cats underpants out of five. Oh my god! There's you know smells a bit like cum and sweats. Mm. Two of them. What would you like to rate it? I think I'm gonna rate it two grabby cop hands on a sticky sock <laughs> <laughs> out of five. <laughs> like just just two little grabby hands all over those stinky socks <laughs> out of a potential five. Smell grabby his hand hands. later. I mean, like what the <gasps> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking, oh. was he directed to do that? Was he just doing, did he not know what he was doing? Is that why he did it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, I think a two out of five. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot more than I thought it was going to be, for sure. While simultaneously being a lot less than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> All right, it's decided. We're going to remake this movie and make it a slapstick thigh slapper. Yes. And... It'd be tremendous. Yeah. The the blueprints. Yeah. We might maybe might make it set somewhere racist. In fact, yeah, maybe they're going to Tijuana, but they never make it. Who knows? Could be good. Yeah, could it be a good film in there? Well, that pretty much sums up losing it. Uh we hope you all enjoyed listening to our, you know, scathing analysis of a trash <laughs> movie no one has ever heard of. <laughs> Before we leave, would you like to plug anything or tell us where to find you on the internet? Yeah, I make art and things, art and things, mostly on Instagram under mullet underscore Frank. I am in my bimbo winter era, so we have long hair for winter, but it's mullet summer typically. Yeah. I do love yeah. the bimbo yeah. winter. Anytime for velour. I think Australia is too hot for like the whole juicy couture tracksuit thing in the summer. You know, so you gotta do you gotta do your juicy in the winter. And summer's just for like touching the least things yeah. as possible. <laughs> oh yeah. Summer is the real hibernation. <laughs> as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Tom Cruise Review, no S on the end, or Instagram Tom Cruise Reviews with an S on the end. Otherwise, my website's TomCruiseReviews.com. Now, this is actually the last Tom Cruise film of his filmography. So thank you for being here for that. We've got a movie coming up, which I'm going to plug something. So 
If you're in Brisbane and you're free on Thursday the 26th of May, I'm actually hosting my own screening of Top Gun Maverick and we will also be having a podcast live recording straight afterwards. I'm really excited about. So if you're in Brisbane and you're free, please come along. Just check out my social media or my website for the, for more of the information. It's from 8.30pm at New Farm Cinemas and it's going to be really fun and I just hope people will come and cheer me on and, you know, Freak out. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, I'm not looking at reviews, but little bits are trickling through and people are like, this is better than Top Gun. I don't know how, like, I'm not the Tom Cruise fan who thinks Top Gun is the be all end all of Tom Cruise movies, but Top Gun is an absolute rip of a movie, mostly from all the, <laughs> you know, homoerotic sexual tension that goes on. So I don't know how this movie is going to match that energy. Like, is Tom Cruise going to be as sweaty as he was in the 1986 Top Gun? I don't know. But I'm really excited. And if, yeah, if you can be there, I would love to see everyone there. Yes. Yeah, that's all for me. Thank you once again for joining me and being here for this last movie. It's such a pleasure. <laughs> I feel so honoured. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm like it was sad that the person who originally was meant to do this episode couldn't be involved, but I'm glad that you could. It was really, really, really fun. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> I wish I could come up to Brisbane for your special screening, but unfortunately, I'm poor. <laughs> Look, there's two. There are two more Mission Impossible's coming out. So, look, you get a chance. Maybe, at least. Yeah, at least. That <laughs> uh, he's filming one right now. So, yeah, there's going to be more Tom Cruise movies and there'll be more live episodes, hopefully. We'll see how we go. Otherwise, thanks, everyone, for listening. And next time you hear from me, it will be for my live episode. So we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.